0: Do you? I should have started the show with this. Should do you put ketchup on your hot dogs? Yes. Oh my god. I
1: put ketchup on a lot of things.
0: Absolute ugh, psychopath behavior. I know. Ketchup on a hot—that's what a child does. What do you put on it? Your taxes. <laughs> I don't put a single thing on my hot dog. If you have to oh put anything gosh. in your hot dog, it ain't a good hot dog.
1: Okay, Trevor Kobayashi over here. Get <laughs> no, some water.
0: Like, I'll put some uh, spicy ice. <laughs> <Ew>, gross. <laughs> everybody, to episode 26 of Ghost Party Radio, an in-depth and very serious exploration into the world of genre film, hosted by two small-time cowards. I'm your host, Trevor Dillon, and allow me to introduce my co-host. It's Hack Snyder himself, Adam Cervantes Wagner.
1: Gene Heckman?
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that's that's good. That's good stuff. Uh, not relating to anything to do with this episode. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Adam, so, what- do you want uh, th- to... <sighs> You're going to cut me off in the first 30 seconds of this <laughs> podcast. Just dying to get a bad bit in.
1: Trevor, Trevor, I'm, I'm here stuck wondering, what the heck is genre catch-up?
0: Well, genre catch-up to anybody new to the show. Well, I guess not anybody new to the show because we've actually never done this concept before. Um, usually we have a very rigid uh, set of rules that we go over with a guest on an episode but sometimes adam i just want to sit down and i just want to talk to you about what's been coming out recently and since there were a genre podcast i've noticed that there's been some major genre l- releases you know maybe not in theaters uh but definitely streaming uh and we're going to be going over a few of them today we don't usually talk about three movies in one podcast but uh why don't you tell the folks at home what we're going to be wa- watching or discussing today and then uh, what what networks they're on or what streaming services they're on
1: that's right you too can uh, join in the discussion on your own Because you can watch these <laughs> movies right now <laughs> um, uh, just,
0: just just, like whisper it to yourself in a corner
1: <laughs> On Netflix we're going to be watching Zack Schneider's newest uh, Army of the Dead Followed by, uh, also on Netflix, Oxygen And then uh, we're going to be wrapping it up w- With uh, Saints Mod, which is available on Amazon Prime Or at least that's where I watched it
0: Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime, and I believe Tubi as well. Uh, They released it. uh, It went from Epix, which A24 kind of dumped it onto Epix, and now it's available on like a couple of different platforms. Uh, I know it's going to be available theatrically from A24 in November, so uh, spoilers for my thoughts on that movie, but I can't wait to bring it to the big screen. Um, This is a time-sensitive episode, Adam. Usually we do a lot of evergreen stuff, but... uh, you know, we have to drop this episode soon because we got to be right on the ball and talk about Army of the Dead, which came out one week ago as of this rec- recording. <laughs> yeah. You know, what's
1: funny is we were kind of planning to maybe watch this one together. And I realized that we've never watched
0: a movie together. Is that true? Oh, yeah. Wow. I mean, yeah. I mean, what? And w- w- so much pressure. What's the first one going to be? That's a good question. It
1: was going to be this, I thought, but now I have no idea.
0: Well, we're going to say a few more things, but God, I'm glad it wasn't this. <laughs> uh, but uh, I just want to say before we get back into our creature feature episodes next week, uh, we're going to be talking about Little Shop of Horrors with uh, Katie and Haley from Time Warp Radio, as well as Ian Hawk from the other half of Ghost Party Pictures. Um, that's going to be a party episode. That's going to be the first time we've ever had five people on the podcast at one time. And this is the first time we're ever going to have a repeat guest on. So I'm really excited about that episode. But um, like I said, we're kind of doing something divergent. But I do want to have uh, – I want to take a moment here to say something regarding my pick because we've already done your pick for Hellraiser for the Creature Feature. Mm-hmm. I am changing my pick, and I'm i am making it official. What? Uh, yeah, Wait, we're you have not... two
1: picks in the, in the bag.
0: Correct. I'm making it one pick, okay. and I'm getting rid of King Kong 05. Dang it. I know. I know we wanted to really watch it, but I've seen it so many times – So uh, we're going to go with what I wanted to talk about, and um, it's going to be Them. Uh, But uh, I think – I was listening to some of our old shows, uh, and I realized that I I think – did you think it was the movie Them from 1954, the Ant movie? Yes. Oh, no, because I meant – sorry. This is – it was kind of confusing. I mean the movie Them Mist. The Mist? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking so much Stephen king with rachel last week and i just was like oh you know what i really love the mist have you seen that movie i have not okay so that's officially going to be my pick we're going to talk the mist with a, with an awesome guest that i'm going to bring on and uh, i think you're going to really like it it's really really dark and it's it's a really really fun creature feature and again i had Stephen king on the brain all week and i've seen them and king kong so many times but i think i've only seen the mist like one and a half times um and we're going to try as hard as we can to watch the black and white version of The Mist uh because that wow. is Frank Darabont's uh, official version of the film. Well,
1: at tu, Travis. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Let's um, let's get let's get into
1: this. <laughs> I've been binge watching uh Planet of the Apes movies and it's got me in the mood for King Kong. And so this sucks.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. It's just this is going to be the right move in the end, I promise. Um But uh, one more thing to wrap up, you know, because we can talk about current events on this show. You know, we're recording. We're dropping it in a couple of days. It's different. It's a different format. So we need to take advantage. Did you see they announced a Attack the Block sequel?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that convenient right after we released our episode?
0: Hmm. We have Chad Leslie on the show to talk of Attack the Block. All of a sudden, Joe Cornish and John Boyega link up (laughs) and they say, hey, we're going to make a second one. Weird. Weird. Uh,
1: It's pretty exciting. You know, it's you know, I know you guys uh, who are on the podcast definitely have big, a bigger history with it. But even me, having just seen it once, like, I'm definitely going to go see this in theaters. That's exciting.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's really interesting. It's a movie I never thought would get a sequel. You know what I mean? Like, you just feel like Boyega's above it. You feel like Joe Cornish hasn't done anything. But, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm really excited about it. Uh, again, I'm a big fan of the first one. So, And then my third thing that I wanted to wrap up here. Uh, have you ever heard of, I'm seeing this name a lot online, Olivia Rodrigo? Oh, my God.
1: Yeah, the girl with the <laughs> stickers on her face.
0: I don't know anything about this name. I was just curious. You're a little bit younger than me. You, if you listen to or have heard of Olivia Rodrigo, and should I listen to her?
1: Uh, I haven't listened to any of her. I know she's blowing up right now. If you, Look, I'm going to be the heel and the cynic here. If you love her, if you're out there enjoying her stuff and relating to it, that's awesome. And I hope you continue to enjoy it. Um Personally, what her whole deal is that she was a Disney star and this was her first album, and everyone like knew it right away because oh. it was part of the Disney pop pipeline. It's Got all purely it. manufactured and shoved straight into our faces so they can make money. And so I'm, I, I just find it soulless.
0: I don't know anything about her music, but I have a feeling I should just stick to uh, age appropriate queen uh, Phoebe Bridgers because I, f- I, I feel like sh- they make, they might yeah. make very similar music.
1: Phoebe rocks I think Um, yeah yeah I'll
0: stick to that I'm a 30 year old man and I don't need to be uh, (laughs) wading into the waters of Olivia Rodrigo although I'm sure she makes music that would completely relate to me
1: yeah the reason that I that I know that detail about her is because I was listening to her uh, on NPR and it was specifically saying that like yeah the stuff that she makes now is like appealing to people of all, all ages
0: yeah, I mean that's just the the mark of <laughs> being the most general thing you can be, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and then I have one more thing in my notes. One more thing, if you'll allow. Um, so I have to update my top ten of the year. Uh, I saw I Whoa. saw a new a new. Well, this is my you know. Sorry, sorry. I, I don't mean to jump the gun. My bad. Sorry. Uh, you're,
1: you're amending the fact that you uh, picked a 2019 film for best of 2020.
0: <laughs> well, I mean that's not what I'm gonna do and change that out. But I saw First Cow.
1: Nice. What did you think?
0: Um, this is uh, obviously Kelly Reichardt's new film, and I saw it on the big screen. It had that 4-3 aspect ratio. It looked beautiful. It made me want to go up to Oregon, which I've never been up there, which is weird. Uh, first 25 minutes are achingly slow. Like, e- like even mm-hmm. by Reichardt's standards. And, and it's, it's interesting, and I'm going to be very light on spoilers, but they lulled me, and I don't know if this is on purpose or not. I don't know if this is just master craftsmanship, but it, it lulled me into anything that happened later in the movie, whether it was, like, them selling something or some, just something so basic. I would literally, like, pop my fist, like, hell yeah, absolutely, that rules. Like, it, it was a movie that got me so excited about, like, male friendship and, like, selling bacon. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, yeah. I I don't know if that was what she was going for, was to, like, really steep you into, like, this, like, mood and atmosphere and realism and then hit you with, like this childlike wonder of having like a lemonade stand and like making and selling all the lemonade you made. You know what I mean? Like it just was, I I thought it was, I thought it was really, really good. Really, really good.
1: Yeah. I I really liked it too. I feel like this exact plot probably happened in a little rascals episode. um, But I think it really worked here. You said it started off slow. There's that one shot in the beginning where we watch a boat cross through the whole entirety of the screen.
0: Yep, that's that's the first shot. You know what's funny (laughs) about that shot is my brain, at the very end of the shot, my brain finally went, okay, enough of this. And then it cut immediately. (laughs) So like I'm like, because you know when you edit a movie, you watch it like a billion times. And like to have the werewolf all to be like, okay, the audience will get sick right now. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Because it doesn't fully leave the frame. It like it cuts off like a little bit. And I'm like, wow, she really, really knows. And then it went to like three more shots in a row where I was like. Please cut. And then it would cut. And I was like, all right, well, we're moving along, you know? But it just yeah. feels like the last, you know, three quarter or even like the last half of the movie moves so well because the first half, you know, quarter to half is pretty slow. So, anyways, yeah. I really, really liked it. Uh, That's it's, awesome. it. It's like her most, it's, like, it's funny because it's her most accessible, which is insane given the plot of the movie.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But, um, and what anyways. About the music? Uh, great music, fantastic. Sitting through yeah. those opening seat, uh, opening credits and stuff, hearing the music, I was like, "This is gonna, this is gonna be really great." And just two fantastic performances, great bookends on the movie. I really, really enjoyed it. So uh, mm-hmm. I am I gonna. would love to f-
1: talk about the the first bookend. Uh, not here, obviously, but I feel yeah. like there's a
0: lot to talk about there. Oh, definitely, definitely. And the structure of it doing that was very uh, was very clever. And there was a couple of times throughout the movie where I would uh, question the way that Reichardt was structuring the movie. And then mm-hmm. by the end of it, I went, nope, that is exactly the way that should have been done. So I'm the <laughs> asshole sitting here. Um, but uh, we'll make this official right here on Genre Catchup. Um, I'm changing my top ten of 2020. Uh, I am going to move uh, Invisible Man to ten and Hubie Halloween to nine. Oh, <laughs> that's c- funny. That's funny. And uh, First Cow is going to be at number 11. So very very good stuff (laughs) uh, from Kelly Reichardt. I really enjoy it. Tell that to Kelly Reichardt. Uh, Kelly Reichardt would eat me alive.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Hey, Hubie Halloween, I thought it was better than your movie.
0: (laughs) More craft, to be certain. Um, Okay. All right. All right. The folks are are sick of uh, hearing me talk about me. I'm not going to ask about you. Uh, let's get into this first movie, uh, Zack Snyder's latest uh, Army of the Dead, like you said, hey. now streaming on Netflix. Let's go to Letterboxd real quick. Um, we have a great tagline here, always bet on dead because uh, dead sounds like red. Following a, zombie outbreak, <laughs> following a zombie outbreak in Las Vegas, a group of mercenaries take the ultimate gamble, venturing into the quarantine zone to pull off the greatest heist ever attempted. Wow, that sounds good um and it has a 2.8 on letterboxd and a ton of reviews um from my friends and listeners of the show we have a lot of people who watched it and discussed it but didn't really rate it but I'll read three friend of the show Sammy Trujillo gives it three stars with no review uh we have friend of the show uh, Kevin Cookman gives it two and a half stars and then uh I'll read a little bit of his review here um he says looks like complete dog shit but not even 28 days later dog shit that's designed to sacrifice visual fidelity for physical dynamicism it's really interesting that he says that because it does look like dog shit um let's go to the end here zach trying and failing to broach the topic of what he'd say to his daughter attempting them refusing to pick up a raw nerve by undercutting every father-daughter interaction from a nonsense running gag about food trucks is as personal as i've seen him get As soulless as Army of the Dead can be, Snyder is still a filmmaker who rips a piece from himself from his himbo dipshittery. Uh, That is why uh, Kevin is my favorite writer. (laughs) That is fantastic stuff. Uh, And that'll do it. Yeah, I'll just read those two. Uh, So let's get into it. Adam, what did you think of Zack Snyder's uh, follow-up to his first zombie movie, Dawn of the Dead?
1: Um, Yeah, you know, I mean, I think I wanted to like this more, but I still think I liked it more than Kevin. I love... uh, he's he's really sort of the king of style in a way isn't he especially now he's he's done so much to create his own sense of style in films that is immediately palatable I just watched uh, Birds of Prey for the first time and you see you see his inspiration even in that yeah I Um, mean
0: you see his inspiration all over the DCEU like even like in Wonder Woman the first one uh, uh, a movie that's better made than most of them uh, and and I, I Birds of Prey was in my top 10, so I think that's better than anything Snyder did in the DCEU, but they still kind of have that Snyder feel to them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think I really like his his feeling. I know, look, I think Watchmen, the graphic novel, is one of the greatest works of art of all time. I really like the movie too, which I know is kind of blasphemous, but I I, I think it just gets me where I want it to be. You know, it's dark and it's cool. And he brought that back here. It doesn't look the best. Yeah, I agree with you. Um. Especially with the TIG stuff, but how could you not respect the, uh, Zach Schneider when he does something like that? When he first he puts out uh, Justice League a recut that the fans want, he goes to the trouble of doing that. And when uh, when they find out that there's a pedo in his movie, he puts in TIG Notaro. They take the time to do that. I mean, I yeah, they take the time and cool. they put a,
0: they put a ton of money into that too. I was listening to a podcast yeah. where TIG had Zack on. And what I learned there was, yeah, I mean that's a really cool move by him, but also like, it's really really hard for me, and because I don't love Snyder, because he has this insane fan base that really loves him, it's hard for me to hate him, yeah. because I didn't realize this until recently, but apparently he's like one of the nicest dudes in Hollywood. Like I, I like I, you just don't expect it when you watch Three Hundred or Don. You are you just kind of expect like uh, Kevin said here, some himbo dipshittery. You know what I mean? Like. He seems bro And uh, just a quick, really, uh, just a really quick story. I was shooting a music, I was PAing on a music video that was shooting under the um, American Apparel Building in downtown LA, like years and years ago. It was when Sucker Punch was coming out. And I got sent over to um, Samuel Bear's office, uh, who shot a bunch of Nirvana videos, and he made the remake for his first, I think his first and only feature was the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street. But he was a big music video director, and I I went into his uh, office, and Zack Snyder was there. I would have known who Zack Snyder was at this point because he had already made Watchmen. He would already made 300, blah, blah, blah. And I had already seen the trailer for Sucker Punch, which I thought looked really cool. And um, I heard him talking. I didn't talk to him, but I heard him talking. And the way he was talking about Sucker Punch, which I'm assuming he was talking about, was he was like – yeah, and then there's fucking ninjas, and there's fucking girls, and there's fucking... And every other word was fuck. So I just kind of wrote him off as, like, a bro, douchebag, like, I don't know, like, mean guy, I guess. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. then I hear him on this, on anything he does, and I'm just like, oh, man, this guy, again, Kevin hits the nail on the head, just, like, kind of a himbo. kind of He He <laughs> just seems kind of, I, I don't know, he just kind of wants to make a movie that looks good, mm-hmm. and, 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 but here's the thing, like... It's not like this, this feels like it should have been one of Snyder's like dumb movies, like dumb fun movies, mm-hmm. uh, instead of like his really heavy Justice League movies. And it's just, it, it wasn't fun enough. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, I, it, it yeah. has such a cool concept, and it just didn't quite get cool enough for me. I agree, um,
1: but I, I don't want to leave, uh, Zach quite yet. I think, um, one one part of one aspect of that is that he's i think he's been really humbled in the industry i think with the tragic news of his daughter you know but also he has his wife working with him on everything right i feel like he he keeps it grounded just because of all these things that have kind of revolved around him um yeah, also, yeah like
0: he he could have an insane ego i mean, like yeah. and then you see stuff on IndieWire where he doesn't allow chairs on his set or whatever and i'm just like i don't know if i buy this like that just doesn't seem normal yeah. And, if it, and if that was true, uh, yeah, then I would have a different shade of him. But it just doesn't seem like the person I've seen on camera or – you know what I mean? He just – he yeah. seems to do, like, every Q&A that people ask him to do. He just – I don't know. He just seems like he enjoys what he does.
1: Yeah, and I think um, he takes a lot of uh, scrubs from, from his fans and from people who do, like, the comic book movies. Um, but I also think he's uncompromising, which is very cool. It Whenever you see his films – there's some things you can rag on. I mean, it's pretty easy. I wanted Sucker Punch to be awesome too, but it's like wholly his thing, which I think is pretty respectable.
0: Yeah. I mean, he, he, you know, uh, you could get flamed for this, but he is an auteur in the same way that like Michael Bay is an auteur, like a Zack Snyder movie is a Zack Snyder movie. But right. uh, the first thing you said about this movie is that I what, it had that visual, it had that Snyderness to it and i don't i don't know if it did you know i i wish i kind of wish it did like he he didn't have his normal dp here larry fong because larry fong was busy um, shooting a movie called the tomorrow war which was previously called ghost draft and that trailer actually will drop tomorrow so you'll see what a larry fong movie but he's worked so closely with larry fong to get that visual style that he's had through those you know those superman movies and 300 and watchmen and all that and i think he was just sorely sorely missed here i th- i thought the movie uh, was just like a series of a ton of close ups um, that just kind of looked like an, I know people are joking. It kind of looked like an Instagram filter, but um, and there's you know like not a lot of characters. The movie's two and a half hours long, and it has that montage again. We're being relied on spoilers, but it's like a, they're putting together like their Ocean's Eleven heist team at the beginning, which everyone loves about a heist movie, right? And right. that stuff was cool. That stuff was yeah, was was, was yeah. cool. That was the best and part. It was the best part, and I, I, I knew that you would like the bit about the money getting lower every time they offered someone the job. Yeah, uh, I, I loved I, that. I, I thought I thought it yeah, was great. Why not?
1: That's a great point,
0: um, and um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I just thought that once they, there was like an extended sequence, like that was like fifteen minutes long, where stuff started to go really bad. Uh, that really reminded me of Dawn of the Dead, like in the dynamicism the dyna- dynamism, Oh God, of of that movie, and um, how they had like the gas tanks on their back and they were like running through the Bellagio with like guns and there was. Like, I'm like, this is the entirety of what this movie should be. It, but then you have David Batista, like I this in the trailer, so I can say, it, like running across blackjack tables, shooting zombies and stuff. I'm like, that's too much. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's like, there's like a really good tense moment in the movie with um. A character who's uh, clearly just a, uh, an homage to Vasquez from Aliens. It was she had the red bandana on. Yeah. Uh, where the Garrett De La Hunt character does something to her, and then um, basically uh, says like, "Oh, she's dead. We need to keep moving" or whatever. And then do I remember this part? And then she crashes through the window, yeah. and she's still killing zombies. And, yeah. you're, and you're like, "Oh, this is so awesome." It was. And sweet. And, and then something happens, and then she has uh, her friend has to do something to her that uh, ultimately doesn't work out <laughs> for her in her favor. Yeah. People uh, aren't going to know
1: what the heck you're talking about. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I'm trying to be light. It's like I, I, I could just say a spoiler, but who cares, you know, honestly. But um, that scene and that, like, stretch was really, really good. And the crack yeah. was safe and stuff like that. Um, I, I don't know, man. It just kind of felt so, like, it, it's interesting for me to call the movie inconsequential when I'm also calling for it to just be dumb fun. You know what I mean?
1: No, I know exactly what you mean. Like, it didn't have a bite, and so we wanted it to go the other way, where, where something like 300 is just, you know. Off the walls, ridiculous. Right. Uh, and it didn't quite go there either. I know you were saying that Dave Bautista running on uh, blackjack tables is too much. I wanted more in the casino, honestly. I wanted there to be like cheesy jokes where he punches a zombie into a slot machine and then it gets jackpot, right? That's the yeah. thing we were looking for.
0: Yeah. Have, have you seen his uh, Donald the Dead 04 Donald the Dead remake? I haven't. You should check it out. It's his best movie for sure, and you get glimpses of it here because you have moments of like actual tension and we don't even need to talk about the smart zombies and stuff that, and all that was just not for me. Like mm-hmm. um, you, you have like, you, uh, yeah, like them like kind of sneaking around the casino, avoiding zombies. Like there's like an inherent tension to that. And they're, just, they're not doing that though. They're just like running through the, you know, like they're just yeah. like shooting zombies. And it's just, there's no set pieces. Do you know what I mean? There's no, yeah, there's exactly. no, it feels like it's just the movie just kind of happened. And I'm like, It's two and a half hours long. It cost a hundred billion dollars. So to me, it feels like a missed opportunity Mm -hmm. and I'm not upset by it, but I'm mad that Snyder is like, like he had that such a cool concept that he thought of to his credit. And then Mm -hmm. he kind of made it more convoluted and needed to add more like needed to politicize it more. And, you know, um, I'll keep. Refer- we need to stop reading Kevin reviews before we talk about the movies because I'll just keep re- fucking re- referencing his <laughs> points. <laughs> but um, yeah, he 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 makes another very good point about like hip, uh, Snyder can't make a movie anymore without putting a, a piece of himself in the movie, uh, and I appreciate that, and I, I, I yeah. really I really do appreciate that. But at the same time, I'm watching it and I'm like, this wasn't the movie, man. I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah, this was right. not the movie to do that with.
1: What what is the most Snyder scene in this movie? I think it's the credit scene at the beginning.
0: It's, yeah. And it, people were uh, really, really liked that because it was akin yeah. to the Watchmen opening credits, which I genuinely the Watchmen opening credits are the best opening credits ever.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. yeah I, I love them. Um, but yeah, but I this, think I was I was so excited because of that. You know, I was like, oh, yeah, we're back, baby. We're going to feel it. And then, yeah, you're right. I didn't feel it halfway through the movie.
0: Yeah, it was it was fun, and I was like, oh, this is, I guess this is the tone of this movie. I'm not loving this, and it went on forever. By the way, the opening credits. But I was like, okay, like this is what's gonna be. It's Ocean's Eleven meets like Zombieland, right? Okay, okay, interesting, interesting. But then like the 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 tone of the movie is not is not that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it. Um, and you know, Tig had some really cool parts. I loved when they uh, again. This is in the first third or so, so we can spoil it. But them offering her uh, Tig the job and then her being like yeah, I'll do it. They're like, "Do you want me? it's just like, "No, it's 2 million dollars. I'll I'll do it." <laughs> like I, I love that that character just was immediately in and, and like that most people would be like that. Like 2 million? Yeah, let's let's do this.
1: Uh I think there is one thing that I want to talk about that that kind of correlates to this and it's a little bit of a spoiler. So skip ahead a minute. The yeah, saw hit, hit. doesn't have a payoff. Pay you know? Oh it, yeah. They bring that big saw in and you expect it to be like it's gonna be off the walls. Whatever he ends up using it on, it's gonna be nuts. And it
0: doesn't. Well, that's well that's that's the whole thing with the movie, right? Is like yeah. you, you set up like cool stuff and you just don't pay off like literally any of it. You know what I mean? Right. Like exactly. the food truck thing that kind of happens towards the end, like you're like, Oh it's cute and like that scene looked good and it was acted well. And it was pretty actually emotional, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you're like, whoa! Like, is this movie like bringing it together at the end? And I even liked the the tea stuff at the end, the with mm-hmm. like the plane and all that. I thought that was fun, but I was like, I don't really want to see another one of these movies. <laughs> like, right, I, yeah. I don't unless like you know unless he, I I could like if someone was like, yeah, you can direct the um, you know uh, Mexico City sequel to this or whatever, uh, I'd Love be like, hey, yeah. Hell yeah, I'm, I'm in 100%. You need right. to watch Dawn of the Dead 04. You need to watch it okay. and then we need to talk about it. Uh, maybe when we do like zombies or whatever, that, that should definitely be picked for sure.
1: Okay, yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, Yeah, but I think, yeah, it just didn't have its own personality almost in a lot of ways this one.
0: Which is weird because this is a yeah. Zack Snyder film.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, It, it wasn't scary. It wasn't no. uh, funny. It wasn't like, it was kind of cool. Like at times no. it was pretty cool. Uh, It looked bad, but at the same time, the the concept is so fun that, like, you know, um, two and a half stars is like, yeah, that's that's about right. Two and a half stars like it it had. And the crazy thing is there's probably a longer cut of it laying around somewhere. And it's like, I don't really want to see that longer cut. I would have wanted it shorter. So there would have been even less payoffs and setups and stuff like that. But um,
1: I think there is one big thing I would like to get your thoughts on, too. It's another little bit of a spoiler sure
0: hit hit the 15 second button a couple times people
1: okay uh the zombie baby that doesn't make it
0: yeah he has a weird obsession again if you when you watch Donald, that he has a weird obsession with like zombie babies (laughs) but
1: that's got to be some link right to what he's going through
0: uh yeah for sure that definitely that that's 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 the thing is like why this movie? You know what I mean. Like right. he, Zack Snyder is fifty, like one years old. He's gonna we're gonna get twenty more years at least of Zack Snyder movies. Like channel it into something else. But then at the same time, it's like how could he not? You know what I mean. He's working right. on this movie. It almost just feels un- un- unfortunate in many many ways. So that's why I feel like we are not being harsher on it, or I'm not being harsher on it. Yeah. And you want to end? I want to end the review by saying, or my thoughts on it. I don't. Sorry, I don't use the word reviews, but I want to end my thoughts on it by saying, like, it, it was a good attempt, but at the same time, I'm like, no, it, it wasn't. That's what that's what was upsetting to me. Is it felt like it was just like, oh, 100 million dollars? Yeah, I'll just make here. I'll make this little zombie movie. It's like, no, why didn't you like give us a good version of this Zack Snyder zombie movie?
1: I think there's something here that I don't think we've seen ever really done, and it really is a new thing in filmmaking, right? Of this post-film edit kind of idea of like digitally altering a movie after it's already been made and Zack schneider's making it happen right obviously there's the justice league cut but Mm -hmm. we get this where you can tell not only did he put tig in it but also you hear the things like the attack on the Capitol, but it you know that's the subversion it's actually about something nuking vegas or whatever right right um but but he knows where our mind is gonna go and and he made this well before that i'm sure
0: yeah. Um also if you had not told me about the Tig being replaced thing, I one hundred percent would not have noticed. Like like the way the movie looked, with like the yeah. kind of fringe on everything, I, I I would not have noticed. I, I truly wouldn't have. Uh so I think I, they did a fantastic job.
1: I definitely noticed, but I was looking for it. It wasn't the worst though. Um
0: Oh yeah, if you're if you're looking for it, you can definitely see like, oh yeah, this person looks like composited into this scene or whatever. But yeah. uh I do think that absolutely rules that the allegations came out and just immediately he's like all right you're out we're bringing in Tig like that, that that's like so cool to me.
1: Yeah, it's such a smart move and especially picking Tig out of everyone. Yeah. You know, I, there's a universe where uh, what you know, we won't say his name but comes right. out and isn't a pedo and they keep him in this movie. Um, and I don't think I would have liked it as much if it was oh. him anyway.
0: Oh, God, you, this would be a completely different review. I, I yeah. would be just destroying this movie. I mean, she, really? she is. And Batiste is pretty good, too. Like, like I, yeah. I don't want him to be the star of my movies going forward, and I don't think he has any interest in doing that. But he's putting together a really cool little um, filmography. He's been in some yeah. really great movies. So, yeah, uh, I mean, so. I mean, great popcorn movies. But he he'll, he'll even pops up in, like, Blade Runner 2049 and stuff like that. Right.
1: Yeah. Which is weird. Um, but I think, yeah, the cast is the strength of this movie. Right. I love the cast.
0: Yeah. There's some really cool characters and Netflix is being so smart the way they're advertising it. They're just taking pictures because everyone looks cool and everyone is really hot. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like S- yeah. Snyder knows what he's doing. Uh, he I mean, everyone is just very good looking and cool. Uh, except for like the Weasley characters, and there's some really there, there's some really uh, satisfying stuff in there with like the the detention center guy, who she's like, yeah, yeah, we actually need to add one more in or whatever. And I'm like, oh, that rules. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that but you know, this uh, is Zack Snyder. Yeah,
1: we have to talk about the objectification in this movie. And what I love about it is that it's all these super hunk males. It's Dave Bautista, and then you have uh, what's his name?
0: Oh, Omar uh, Hardwick.
1: Yeah. And yeah. like he's got his shirt off, he's digging in the in the middle of the desert at one point, and I'm and I love it because where's the male gaze in this movie? It has to exist, but like yeah. he's just giving us the hunks.
0: I mean, the, I mean, who are we to say? But the male gaze was not it was not on full display in this movie. It definitely the, the the male hunks for the star of the show for sure. The women all just seemed really cool,
1: yeah, um, they were which smart is, and cool.
0: It's that's another version, of course of the male gaze but um it's it, every, every character was vasquez from uh, aliens it, this movie was just oceans 11 meets uh aliens meets Zombieland meets definitely escape from new york it was it, there was a lot of carpenter in here um and i just described a movie that sounds absolutely incredible and it just it just was not that so that's yeah. that's my thoughts i agree also, it's very funny that Zack Snyder thinks that Las Vegas casinos play, like, old 50s music and not, like, uh, EDM. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, have you been to Vegas in the past 10 years? Yeah. Uh, it's literally – you can't go anywhere without hearing just EDM music. But they get into the casino, and I can't remember if it was diegetic or not, but when the – I think it was because when the lights come up, you hear music starts playing, and it's like Frank Sinatra. You're like, dude, this is not what plays in Vegas casinos, and you know better than this.
1: Yeah. <laughs> You were going to play explain that tweet, defend that uh, tweet.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I did tweet that. I did tweet that, those sentiments. I just thought it was funny because, like, he's such a dweeb. You, like, Snyder, like, is such, like, a nerd who, like, tries to make really cool movies. So mm-hmm. I just find him endearing in that way. But it's very funny for him to be like, no, yeah, no, uh, Vegas casinos still play, uh, you know, music that the Rat Pack listened to. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I mean, the Olympus doesn't exist, or is that that's where they are right No.
0: Yeah, something it's called something or other. I don't remember yeah. what it was. At first, I thought it was going to be a take take on the uh, the Trump Hotel.
1: Oh yeah, why not?
0: But uh, I guess it wasn't. Yeah, and and I, I don't even want to get into Snyder's politics. I think he's I think he's pretty left, but I, he does not display himself as such, especially with having like Sean Spicer in your movie and stuff.
1: That was an interesting choice.
0: I um, mean, interesting or literally. Immediately someone could just turn the movie off When they hear Sean Spicer's voice
1: Yeah but it it, it seemed like a pretty negative view Like you, you look yeah. at the, the The Champions of this movie the people of color And like the way it's thought out And you think he's definitely got to be a very liberal guy
0: Yeah no Snyder's cool shit are, are, we, are we leading? To, I just wish he made better movies, I guess, is Dude, what I'm trying he, to
1: say. Dude, he, he found out there was a pedo in his movie, and he brought in Tig Notaro. Can no, I know. I know, I know. He seems That's like a cool. cool guy. You know what I mean? Cool. But, the,
0: but, like, it's easy. It is cool. That is cool. Like, sometimes big, massive. Uh, I, you know, before we move on, and this, this episode is going to get a little long in the tooth, but in terms of name recognition, where would you put Zack Snyder now with all, like, the leaning on, like, the Snyder cut stuff? Like, he's not it, – it's – He's Nolan level now, right? Like the layman would know Christopher Nolan's name as well as Zack Snyder's name. Like the the layman knows Martin Scorsese's name and Steven Spielberg's name and uh, but do they know Zack Snyder's name now?
1: Absolutely. In fact, I would think he's probably the most relevant right now because of the yeah. branding of Snyder Cut. I think yep. more people know that name just from that.
0: I was thinking yeah, he may his name may be not worth more, but you know because whatever. I think people might be able to identify him more than like Christopher Nolan at this point. Definitely, right. yeah. Um, maybe not his movies, but
1: it's too bad he couldn't pull out a, a Ryan Johnson with this, where uh, he has his big franchise movie come out, but at the same time his like personal project comes out and ends up even being even better. You know?
0: Yeah, I call what Ryan Johnson's currently on uh, the Ryan Johnson Revenge Tour. <laughs> or that he'll just spend the rest of his his life just just destroying Last Jedi haters, which I just, I think is so fun. I love it. Um, well, while we're here, we're talking about Ryan Johnson, and uh, uh, Ryan Johnson is like one of two directors who continues to be able to make like the forty to fifty million dollar mid budget movie, original mid budget movie, I should say. The other one is uh, Edgar Wright, who um, he you know he made Baby Driver, which is like that, and, I, and I, I don't like the movie Baby Driver, but. The trailer for uh, Last Night in Soho dropped today, and boy, yeah. it, uh, I usually don't watch trailers, but I knew that he wouldn't give too much away, and it was two minutes long, and it just looks like a ton of fun. Like I'm like, oh, a, put, let's put that baby driver ship behind us. Let's go get the cinematographer from The Handmaiden and yeah. some of the like, old boy and stuff like that, and it just looks I, I can't wait for that one. That, that's got to be my number one for the rest of the year, other than um, old Shyamalan's new movie.
1: Interesting. I'm not. I, I, I'm not going to watch the trailer, but uh, I'm not as hot on it as because of Baby Driver. Also, although I liked Baby yeah. Driver, but there's, well, there's no way it's not going to be fun.
0: The trailer just says from Edgar Wright, and by the way, it's a Focus Features film uh, and working title. So I think they've made literally all of Edgar Wright's are distributed yes. all of his films, so they could put from the from the director of and put all of his great movies up, uh, but they just say from Edgar Wright, director of Baby Driver, because. They don't want to put Scott Pilgrim. They don't want to put the comedies. They don't want people thinking this is that. You know what I mean? Right. So right. it's it's a focused effort to to be like, no, this is a different Edgar Wright.
1: Did I ever tell you the time that Edgar Wright called my mom out? No. Uh, I took my mom to go see the Cornetto trilogy at the Egyptian. Yeah. Um, and he he was there between the movies, like doing Qs and As and stuff. Nice. And um, he would come. He came out before the movie, before Shaun of the Dead, and then he came out between them. Um. And then uh, when he came out between Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead, I was getting some snacks Mm -hmm. and he was like talking to the audience and he was like, uh, has anyone not seen this one? Which he had asked previously. And my mom was like one of the few people to raise her hand and we were both in kind of the front row. And so he looked at her and he was like, you haven't seen any of my movies?
0: (laughs) That's really fun. I imagine being like, like, well, how was, how did he deliver the line? Like jokingly or just yeah, like,
1: really, really like charming. She, she thought it was funny.
0: I mean, that's cool. That's cool yeah. to be like, well, thank you for being here and watching my movies for the first time, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that'll, that'll conclude our, our, our talking about Zack Snyder, Edgar Wright and Ryan Johnson. Uh, as we go. move on to our second movie, uh, this is on Netflix as well. It is called Oxygen. That is the French title, and in English, it is Oxygen from 2021, directed by Alexander Aja, or Aja, as some people might say. We'll talk about it in a little bit, but tagline, no escape, no memory, 90 minutes to live. This has a 3.1 on Letterbox, and I don't have any friends who have seen it, Adam, so we're going to be talking about this without any Kevin reviews to base our, our <laughs> thoughts on. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Um, yeah, so what did you think? Do you have any uh, background with Alexander Aha as, as a director or anything?
1: Uh,
0: what's the other thing that he did that I know? So so Alexander Ash, uh, he, he. this is really interesting. He is 42 years old. Mm-hmm. He has been making movies from the early 2000s. Uh, so uh, he was born in the year 1978, so this man is 13 years older than me. He made uh, a French uh, movie called High Tension, which is pretty problematic but uh, good in terms of horror. That was in two thousand three. He made the brutal Hills Have Eyes remake. Uh, mm-hmm. He directed Piranha three D, in then two thousand ten. He directed Heck a weird you know. movie with Daniel Radcliffe called Horns, and then most recently he had a, a little a minor hit uh, with Crawl in twenty nineteen with the, the one with the alligator.
1: No, it's too bad he didn't direct Piranha three double D.
0: Yeah, the only movie I've ever pirated, by the way. Good. Re- refused to pay money to see that, but no, he did not direct that. But um, so yeah, he's been making kind of these like lower, lower to like mid-budget four genre movies. So um, I don't know what the budget for Oxygen was, but I saw this kind of as because what the movies I just named are all like pretty much in the same ballpark, right? Like the, the, like you know what you're getting when you're gonna watch an Alexander Aja movie. He um was one of the original members of what was called the Splat Pack in the early two thousands. Uh, and that was like your Eli Roths, your James Wands, uh, your Neil Marshalls. So, so basically people who are making horror, like bloody, intense horror movies in the beginning of the 2000s. Uh, and it feels like as the the further we get away, like High Tension is super bloody. Hill's have Eyes is brutal. Piranha is like slightly less brutal, but pretty brutal. It's, it feels like the the further we're getting away from the splat pack years from him, he's getting more mature and more mature. I mean, of course, the movie he put out two years ago was a girl in a house during a hurricane with an alligator. Uh, but it's, it, he's kind of like the high concept, low budget guy in terms of mm-hmm. genre. Mm-hmm. So we have that here. Like this is Absolutely. extremely high concept and fairly low budget. Although some of the uh, effects are pretty good. Yeah. I, I, I think it's cool to actually, cause I'm, I, I've always been a fan of his stuff and I've never heard him talk or anything. I don't know if he's a, I don't know if he's also a himbo or what, what the deal is, but, um, I, I want to like him, uh, and I wanted to like this movie, um, and it's cool to see him enter like a more mature stage of his career. Which is funny because he's like again, he's like in his early forties. I just assumed he was in his fifties because he's been making movies for twenty years. Mm. Um, but what do you think? What would you think of the movie?
1: Uh, I thought it was fine. I think uh, this is probably the movie I would like most from him, since you know I'm not as much of a horror guy, right? Um, the uh, it worked pretty well. I you know. We didn't kind of say this at the top of the show. Hopefully it's obvious that r- genre catch-up is heavy on the genre idea, right? Which these movies are.
0: I said that. I said there's a lot of genre movies that have come out recently. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, there you go.
1: Um, and so what w- would you call this, like, claustrophobia as a genre?
0: Yeah, this is – yeah, yeah. The the uh, single location claustrophobic. Yeah. There's. I, I can't really think of many other ones other than the obvious uh, – buried with ryan reynolds that came out at the at the beginning of the 2010s right Uh,
1: yeah if we we put our mind to it i'm sure we could find a few more
0: yeah cube yeah there's there's a few of them yeah um
1: yeah you know i think i was not uh i recently played a video game called soma Mm -hmm. it was a horror video game and it touched on a lot of these topics so i kind of knew exactly the direction that this movie was going to go like i didn't find the twists especially interesting or anything because i kind of had that idea already
0: yeah yeah that was my big thing was is like it's really trying to shock you with a couple plot turns and you're just like yeah no we kind of knew that immediately <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. like
1: it didn't come as a surprise that being said there is one shot that really scared me and i think it's maybe just because uh, i have a big fear of the cosmic dread kind of things oh yeah but you know there's that big reveal shot yeah yeah like yeah to it and that with that, that with the music and everything, I was scared. I, I was a little bit like, "Oh God, this was really unsettling."
0: Yeah, uh, the music, by the way, mm-hmm. very good score. Uh, let me get a let me let me get a. They and they lean on it heavily, which they they need yeah. to, you know. Yeah. Let's get a name here. Composer uh, Robin. Oh, well, Robin. He's a French uh, artist, but Robin uh, Coudre, Coudre, Yeah, he just goes by Robin. He he uh, produced a few of the uh, Phoenix albums, I believe. But um, okay. yeah, there's your connection to Sofia Coppola. Um, but yeah, um, I I really like the music, uh, the the reveal shots and any time there needed to be any CGI. I thought that actually looked pretty good. I mean, I know this had like a Netflix, I don't, I'm not sure if it was actually produced by Netflix, but it had certainly some sort of budget in France. Um, I I need to say the two keywords of this movie, uh, Melanie Laurent.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is where the movie shines is, is in her acting and the directing. I, I, I didn't personally feel claustrophobic at any point in this movie, which I think is a good thing. Yeah. Um, yeah it, it all pulled together it all felt very real which i think was necessary absolutely for this to have any kind of chance of being a good movie
0: yeah totally i mean completely committed performance I, i've always been a huge huge fan um i <laughs> not trying to insult you i don't know the answer to this but did you watch the movie in its original french language
1: yeah i i did i was trying to think back right now if uh what language i watched it in because you know it's hard sometimes um Because it's
0: it started and it was in English and I I I was like oh what like I was like this is uh, Melinda Laurent and Alexandra Ota it's like oh it's in English I didn't realize that I forgot that Netflix literally defaults to the dub because they just assume people don't want to read subtitles Mm -hmm. and I'm like this is and I I don't want I'm not gonna stand up on my desk like. That is the inferior way to watch this movie with this performance is to hear oh, yeah. someone else's voice over like I, I was like, the second I turned it, I was like, ah, yes, that's uh, Shoshana's voice, you know, from *Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's been like, what, anytime she shows up in a movie, I'm just like, yes, there she is. But And this is a total showcase. Uh, this is a really, really intense performance. She looks like Naomi Watts on the poster, actually. So mm-hmm. when I went to watch it, I thought it was Naomi Watts. Uh, and then I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, I I like Watts a lot, but when I when I found out it was uh like I said Shoshana, I was like yes, let's do it. Um, yeah. But yeah.
1: And I think you know a testament again to the directing and the acting here. We stay in this one location for the entirety of the movie. I right. didn't feel bored at all. I thought it moved.
0: That's the whole thing. Is that this is not a Zack Snyder length movie. This is, uh, and I saw it was 101 minutes. I was like an hour and now I'm 41. I mean, like we could lose. 20 minutes with this plot you know what I mean but you're mm-hmm. right it never it, and especially with the amount of exposition that has to be in this movie and like just mm-hmm. kind of told to you mm-hmm. um, it, it, you know what I, I I have this at my number two spot of the year right now and we're in what we're in May <laughs> like of course I've only seen like 10 2021 20, releases but I think I was a little too high on it when I when I got off yeah because of course I watched it after Uh, again here's a diss to Army of the Dead but um, I, I just I thought that I was like, oh, this Aja Dude can like really direct. Like, I'm I'm really excited. Cause if you can direct this movie, you can direct. Like, yeah, yeah. It's just it's that's I don't know. I don't have a ton more to say about this. I. Again, I'm, like, running around Twitter and being, like, you have to watch Oxygen and stuff like that. And I'm, like, do you? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> do you have to watch Oxygen? I'm kind of sitting here thinking, like, no. You know, like, it, it was for me. Like, I liked it. And I, I, would, I really really would have liked to see it on the big screen, I think. But um, uh, I love the score. Yeah, I don't really have – I'm kind of just going in circles here. I don't really have a ton more to say about it, unfortunately. I don't, I don't have, like, a, a a hot take on it.
1: Yeah, I think I, I same because I mean it's not it's not really anything special, but it was pretty good. You know,
0: I liked watching it. Should we add single location movies to the wheel? Absolutely. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Uh, uh, oh yeah, also, how far did you have to dig on Netflix to find Oxygen?
1: It was on the the like I didn't even have to search for it. It was on like whatever one of these lists
0: <laughs> that came up. See, that's the problem with sharing my netflix with my girlfriend is that movies like this aren't recommended to me do you know what i mean like like yeah. army of the dead wasn't even recommended to me and it's like if it, if my netflix knew me and not my other half maybe i would actually not have to type in oxygen and i'm gonna cut your joke off before you can i know you also share my girlfriend's netflix
1: <laughs> i wasn't even thinking that but okay uh,
0: um this episode is uh, we, it's really funny we just re- recorded an episode with katie and Haley from time warp radio uh on their uh on their show time warp radio and that was two hours of adam and i just joking around the whole time so it's really weird to like we're like an almost an hour into this episode 45 minutes in and it's like we're not joking at all we're just talking <laughs> about movies and it, it's kind of nice to not have yeah. to like interrupt with dumbass jokes all the time but yeah. i did write down that uh you, uh, your voice reminds me of Milo, the computer from Oxygen. Oh, <laughs> just m- emotionless and boring as hell. <laughs> okay.
1: I like that actor who plays it. I just lo- saw it when I looked it up now. Um, it's the dude. uh
0: Yeah. M- Mathieu. Uh, I always think his name is Mathieu Cassavetes, but that that's the director of, um, La Haine. Uh, yeah. th- this dude, uh, you would know this dude if you saw him. He's like in yeah. like James Bond movies as villains and shit.
1: <laughs> Yeah, he's got such an iconic face, but I like him. He's, like, yeah. a cool dude.
0: He's not, um, like, Mads Mikkelsen uh, Bond level, He, he uh, like, like villain level, but he's, like, the villain in, like, Quantum of Solace, the next one.
1: Yeah, he's the villain in The Sound of Metal also.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: that's right. <laughs> um, there's one last thing here, I think, um, and it's a little bit on the spoiler side, so I'd say hit the skip a button a couple times. Yeah,
0: hit it a couple times.
1: Um no, no, you know what? It's not spoiler, but they already hit it. So the she's an amnesiac, right? I mean, that's the whole thing. It's funny because had she not been an amnesiac, um, she could have, like, been fine. It would have only taken her, like, five minutes to rearrange everything and be okay.
0: Wait, but... Wait, I mean, uh-oh, they're going to come back in for the spoilers, but is, is it that she's that, or it, it wasn't? It, wasn't it a reveal that she couldn't remember anything because she was something else? Yeah,
1: she's sort of coming online. But but the the, the thing is got it, got it, got it. with those memories, right? I mean, it, I think it really works. I think it's tight because of that specifically. But I yes. just like the idea, like, had she had all her knowledge with her right away, right. there wouldn't be any tension in the movie.
0: I'll, I'll speak very coded here, um, and I'll just say it with blanks. I'm, did you guess that she was in blank location and that she was a blank? Yes yeah me too <laughs> it's just like both reveals are just like yeah and then and then it but still it, by the time you get to the final shot you're like all right like 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 i i enjoyed this you know and yeah. uh, again this the score is doing a lot of the work but yeah. um so i'm I'm giving it a we don't have a rating system here on the show uh let, let, let's start a rating system right now for genre catch-up i'm giving army of the dead two tomatoes out of five you can't
1: do tomatoes trevor
0: what it why
1: there's already a whole thing dedicated to tomatoes ranking movies.
0: What is it? <laughs> uh, is that is that your final thoughts on Oxygen? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we. I mean, this is an episode where we're literally just talking about two movies that we were like, yeah, you know. <laughs> about, you know. But um, let's get to our third one, uh, like mentioned earlier, uh, on Amazon right now, if you have Prime, of course, and then Tubi, be, I believe this is. An A24 horror movie. You know our audience loves A24 horror movies. Uh, first time feature from one Rose Glass, and it is called Saint Maud. It was supposed to be out in 2019. If, if I'm not, if I'm not wrong, I believe this played at Sundance in 2019 or, or, or some major festival in in, in, uh, in 2019. Yeah, that's crazy. So it's getting a wide release now on streaming services in 2021 uh here is the tagline your savior is coming (laughs) we have a rating of 3.6 so definitely the most liked uh movie that we've had so far on the show uh by the way it is hulu it is hulu that it's on as well as epics as well as amazon prime so it's it's really uh quote unquote available um i haven't seen this movie yet uh, You know, I, I have seen this movie, and I was waiting to see it on the big screen, but A24 was, is holding on to it.
1: I was talking to our audience since oh. it's so widely available.
0: Yeah, it's true. You're breaking the fourth wall just like we love when characters do that. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's read some reviews. We have some, we have some uh, friends who have some thoughts. Mm-hmm. Listener and fan of the show, Josiah, says, I don't get it. Jesus just gives her orgasms for 80 minutes and we're meant to be scared. I hate elevated horror so much. Oh, my God. Pun intended.
1: Wait, what was the the ranking? The, no,
0: no review. Just hated it. Oh, okay, <laughs> Hated it through and through. Uh, friend of the show and listener Megan Rosati uh, gives it five stars and says best ending of all time. Hmm. So some differing views on this. Whoa. Uh, let's mm-hmm. get one more. Uh, a friend of the show and listener. Anthony Drake gives it four stars. and it's, Well, this review may contain spoilers. Uh, I was going to give it three and a half stars, then the ending happened. Mm, okay, so it sounds like overwhelmingly here that people really like the ending of this movie. Uh, what says you about the first 90% of it, Adam? Oh. Uh, what
1: says I? Well, I think the these people are looking through rose-colored glasses at this rose-glass film.
0: Ah, you think that they're looking fondly back at it that's what that phrase means
1: they're just like uh looking you know overly optimistic at it i, I <laughs> you know what trevor if uh I, you know I, I don't think we should do the the ratings for these movies on genre or ketchup but i think maybe we should rank them um yeah the, the movies that we talk about and this would be third for me
0: whoa i i'm blown away first of all you want to play the game Rankum. first of all <laughs> <That's right. laughs> a famous game we play oh wow you're putting this third yeah i it did
1: not grip me at all um i i thought, you
0: liked army of the dead and oxygen more than saint Maud. absolutely I did. it did it right. was easy for me and it, i want to we we
1: have to talk about the ending at the, near the end of this but um
0: uh, yeah, we'll we'll have people hit the uh, 15 second thing about four times But let's not do it yet Yeah,
1: um, But yeah, I think this movie is very methodical It's very um, slow in its pacing I think it's very excellently shot and directed uh, I think without that direction And without the uh, personality from the two main actresses um, I think the screenplay felt very weak I don't think there was a lot there I, I thought there was a lot of lines that came through Or a lot of like moments where I was like this just feels kind of like you know pretty pretty easy to kind of connect the dots here beat from beat
0: yeah i mean so i and i might be talking out of the side of my head that festival might have been can it might have debuted at can oh. uh an, an, another game we're playing right now uh <laughs> cans you do the cans cans uh and if i'm not mistaken it may have been nominated for best screenplay listen i might be completely making this up but um, no, I, I, I don't think the screenplay here is the, um, you know, I don't think this is the strength. You have to realize that, the, like I just re- I, I read two reviews, there's a genre crowd out there, a horror crowd, that is completely starved right now for any horror, let alone an A24 horror movie. Uh, and A24 held onto this one as long as they possibly could, but they're like, damn, it's been two years, we need to release this. It's really bothering me, and I know somebody listening at home is just dying right now on the inside saying it's not Cans. it was Sundance. Why did he say it was cans? Um But it's because I'm a Palm York baby. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I disagree with you Good. on this one. I really thought this movie was extremely competent <laughs> um, and i am one of those horror fans who is just starved i if i had to give it um a rating on our our hot dog scale uh <laughs> i would give it uh, i would give it a four i i thought it was i thought it looked great i thought it looked great it had a really interesting setting so i when i, I never watched the trailer for or i did watch the, tra- the teaser trailer it's a really shitty trailer with like Uh, Billie eilish uh, song nothing wrong with the Billie eilish song it just didn't fit for the trailer Mm -hmm. and she walked by like the the coney island thing right Mm -hmm. so in my mind this took place in america so when i found out it took place in like the coney island of you know the uk or whatever i thought that the setting was really interesting i thought the character was somewhat interesting but although tough to hang out with the whole time i see where you're coming from in terms of like the movie, like, had dots that it just put together, and none of it, like, you were you were kind of, like, always ahead of it. You know what I mean? Like, you kind of knew where it was going. But I um, I found there to be some really effective drama. Uh, there was a scare towards the end that, like, really got me. Uh, I watched it uh, with my buddy uh, Zeeshan and Ian, who's a uh, past and future guest of the show. Uh, and we had a really good sound system. So that added a lot to it, but uh, yeah, I thought it looked good. It sounded good. I thought it moved really well. And for a plot that, like, if I read it on paper, like, let, let's read the plot. Let's just read the plot out loud. Um, here we go. Having recently found God, self-effacing young nurse Maud arrives at a plush home to take care of Amanda, Amanda a hedonistic dancer left frail from a chronic illness. Um, yeah, no, that sounds awful. Like that, like, that sounds terrible and something that I would just would not be interested in at all. So the fact that Rose glass is, is able to make something so specific for her first film, um, and just something so like she does, she's not trying to satisfy anybody with this movie, but you know, I found some of the reveals towards the end to be very satisfying. And I, I'm going to guess where you're coming from here saying there was this movie brought like nothing new to the plate n- nothing new to the table. Right.
1: Yeah. Um, by the way, thanks for the invite to uh, watch that with uh, you and your friends.
0: Well, um, I knew you were going to come on this show and just and just shit all over it. So <laughs> why would I invite that negative energy? <laughs>
1: um, yeah, I think I think that's the problem, though. I think it, people are starved, and I think this pretty much just hits every base that it needs to. Like it it, it goes slow enough to feel artsy, and goes slow enough to be like, yeah. ooh, the religious horror it tickles that bone in people. Where right. something like uh, the witch or even midsummer, mm-hmm. I think hit those things a lot harder, I think have purpose to them with like a creative story, where this is sort of like it's just this girl and she just kind of is going real she's really invested in something and she just kind of goes crazy and then it ends.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious what I would think about it if it wasn't directed by you know Rose Glass and um, I, are you a hereditary guy? Not really me neither I, I i'm not i'm not a hereditary i do really like the witch and especially at Midsommars. i love midsommar i think it's great yeah. uh, i love the, the lighthouse too but that, that's kind of horror adjacent mm-hmm. um yeah no i i i get where you're coming from here and uh, this show is at its most boring when we kind of see each other's points uh which <laughs> I, i'm sure <laughs> i'm sure you don't see mine but i i, I thought do. that the, the lead performance from Morphid clark was very very good yes. i thought uh jennifer l who looked insanely like Meryl Streep. Like I could not get over yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she was really good. Um I don't know, man. Like again, there's nothing jaw dropping here. Even the last no. shot and the last moments that everybody keeps talking about, I'm like, uh, you know, uh, this isn't a spoiler. I, I thought the movie should have ended two shots before that. There's uh um, why don't we just do it right now? Yeah. Everybody hit the skip ahead one minute, hit the fifteen-second button four times. Let's get this done in under a minute, Adam. Okay. When she goes to the the, the beach with the the gas in her hand, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a shot where she goes down with the gas in her hand to the beach, and then we see the kind of clouds shifting above. Mm-hmm. To me, that's the last shot of the movie. Yeah. Uh, but is that me trying to be? Oh, RTA a 24 like my my, uh, second short film, which is on Letterboss called The Vicious, there's a really funny review that I read where it's like, okay, we get it. You want to be an A24 horror movie? (laughs) And I'm like, what's fucking wrong with that? Like, what's wrong with putting a little bit of craft into a horror movie? Uh, But what did you think of the ending?
1: No, I I completely agree with you. And I think think the the following two shots are bad. I I think they're obvious and they're bad. They're just sort of like, what can I do to really get people... like shock crazy. people, yeah, yeah. Talking—that's purely yeah. what it is. And I'm I think with you. I'm with contrast.
0: you. I, I thought the last two shots were bad too, I, and they're and they're just so out of character for the movie, and they almost yeah. feel tacked on. Like, Absolutely. what it should have—it should have ended on that take shelter kind of shot at the end, where we kind of just—we we know what she's going to go do. We—we've been watching the whole movie,
1: right? And I—I wish I wish it delved more into that. You know, I, with we do get those glimpses of like spirals throughout the film. And yeah. I wish it kind of really delved into into what she's touching into. I mean, it is keeping it realistic, right? I think that's why we don't actually get into anything, that she is just right. sort of crazy. But God, I would have loved to have seen some of
0: that dark stuff. Yeah. And welcome back, everybody, who is avoiding spoilers. <laughs> um, I, I, Yeah, I don't know. Like, I Again, this is a movie that I think people, when they saw it at Sundance or Can <laughs> whatever, want to play that. <laughs> um, I think that there was a lot of anxiety, like, it, it, like it, there's, there's a lot of it. So my buddy Zeeshan brings up a good point. Uh, the stuff he doesn't like in the movie is like anytime there's like a close up on a mouth or like uh, an amplification of sound, there's a moment where uh, Maude uh, has like a crisis of faith uh, and goes to a bar. And it's like everything is just kind of hitting her all at once. And it's like, mm-hmm. and he he doesn't like he, I mean the movie is fairly subtle to that point and then just becomes a completely different movie for like ten minutes. And he he didn't need any of that. Like it could have just cut to the last moment he had with the uh, when which he has with the the man in, in the in the in the room. Yeah. Uh. But yeah, I, you know, I'm here. I am sit, saying stuff that I didn't like about the movie, um, because I'm just I'm just not I'm not good enough to be able to speak about what I liked about it. I I, I, I just found it to be uh i i don't like this type of horror usually like the demonic possession type stuff but mm-hmm. i thought this came at it from a, a very real uh, realistic angle and i don't typically like the crisis of faith uh, genre but um again when when something is this well when something is this specific this well acted this well directed mm-hmm. uh, especially for a debut um I, i'm all for it I, I thought it was i i really i borderline thought it was great
1: I mean, I think we agree on also on the the best parts of this film. I do think the directing and the acting were, like, superb. I really loved it, and I look forward
0: to seeing what comes next, hopefully. Right. Well, here's the uh, fucked up thing. I, I don't see anything coming up for Rose Glass, which I think is insane.
1: Yeah. The, the, she was probably struggling with this one, right? I feel like with, with it being dropped and put everywhere. Right. Um, but hopefully, I, I think there's, there's, I think this is kind of building back a bit. I think we're we're definitely going to see
0: something from her eventually. De- definitely, yeah. R- really bad spot of luck for this the release of this movie.
1: But my question to you is, um, if we look at the beats and just the early beats of uh, mm-hmm. what is this? This is a person who is uh, really strong in their newfound faith. They go right. and they they take care of this person who tests them and is uh, even pushing them a little bit and even kind of like. Uh, at one point, uh, you know, makes her feel real bad about it, Um, and then the main character sort of goes crazy from it and takes revenge in a way. You don't think you could have written that movie?
0: Yeah, but there's just, there's something about, like, the intensity at which she directs it and, like, how, I don't know, Maude talks to, doesn't really talk very much unless she's, like, talking to God and and, and just like her little like apartment and like it just it all felt very like where I was like wait what was Rose Glasses like what is her life like you know what I mean like mm-hmm. it felt lived in to me um, if yeah. not if not totally original it felt lived in to me at the very least and I, I think I, I think I outed myself very early on in this, co- in this conversation by saying that we're, we're starved we're, our genre fans are starved right now and our savior uh, has arrived
1: <laughs> um yeah no i agree with you it does feel very real which i think was the nice part i think focus taking its time lends itself to that but i think it yeah. also on my end makes it feel way too sparse and, uh, mm-hmm. and i didn't like that
0: and, and and it's it's a it's a cross between a few different genres i mean like it's like religious horror which i'm not a fan of but mm-hmm. it mixed with body horror which i've been really into body horror lately coming out of covid and I think we're going to see a ton of body horror. This was the first body horror thing I saw coming out of COVID. And it felt very like, I don't know what's happening to me. It's very scary right now.
1: But I didn't like that. Like, I wish it delved even more into that genre. We only get teases of it. And I really thought there was going to be a payoff there with something because there's, there's, it's very, it's, it's definitely CGI altered, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. There's contortion and stuff like that. But the, there's, there's, there's a, there's a iconic shot <laughs> at the end of this movie. Uh that that is fully CGI, yeah.
1: Right. Which uh yeah. I think um but I think the fact that, that it teases us in that way kind of shows that it is willing to to not be completely realistic. And then yeah. I, I guess I just didn't like that it never got past that.
0: I, I will say that there's a very bold move in this movie that there's no scares. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's there's literally no scares. Except for, this isn't a spoiler, i said, just say, there is a scare towards the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And the movie has lulled you into thinking, there's not going to be any jump scares in this movie. There's not going to be. Do, do you know what scare I'm talking about?
1: Talking about uh, in the bed?
0: Yes, yes. Yeah. Um. Did that work on you at all? I wasn't
1: too scared. I mean, that's the closest we, we kind of do get to a payoff of what I was wanting. Um, but it, it, it didn't hit any high notes for me. I think it was just more bullying in a way.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it it that scare, especially with the sound system. I was watching it on it, like got me. I like I jumped, and I never jump. It's because you've been lulled. It's a gamble to not put anything, and then be like, but this one scare is going to be the thing that's going to get you. And uh, hats off to Rose Glass. Worked on me. <laughs>
1: that's good. Yeah. Well, thanks for the invite. Maybe if I watched it uh, over there, I would have enjoyed it more.
0: Yeah. Maybe this uh, podcast would would have been completely different.
1: <laughs> Did you see Midsummer Director's Cut?
0: I did not. I have not seen that quite yet. I I plan on playing that during my uh, summer series that I'm I'm planning on launching outdoors soon. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I don't know if I want to play the director's cut. What did you think of it?
1: I haven't seen it, but I I bought like that. You know, A24 released like a very high-end special edition.
0: Yeah, it has a really cool Blu-ray cover, right?
1: Yeah, uh, so I bought it. Uh, I bought the 4K version, and it's the director's cut. So I haven't got to test it out, but I definitely can't wait.
0: I liked Midsommar. I, I I don't need more of it, though. It was it was a pretty damn long movie as is so yeah. Um, but I, I'm curious to
1: see if if it touches more. You know, speaking of body horror, because we only yeah. get glimpses in
0: Midsommar, and I
1: would love right. to see some more twisted stuff.
0: Uh, have you seen In the Earth, the new Neon film from Ben Wheatley? No. Okay, so yeah, so uh, Neon put out a, a new Ben Wheatley movie called In the Earth. We we could have added that to this conversation, but uh, too late now. I mean, these are all these are all. Breaking news movies. Anyway, Do uh, you want to rank them? Yeah, let's rank them. All right. Wait, first
1: I'm, let's play uh, rank them um with Rose Glasses films.
0: Okay, I'm down. Uh, I'm going number one. Her uh, high school uh, film <laughs> that she put okay, out. <laughs> get out of here. Uh, no, yeah. Uh, let's. Yeah. Uh, do you want? I want It's a little late for this, but we we should have played rank them um with the Snyder movies.
1: Yeah, it's. It, I would love to. However, um, I've been saving the Snyder yeah. Cut.
0: Yeah, I mean, and it, it's all kind of mishmash. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, to me, it's like Dawn of the Dead is his best movie and most fun. And then I kind of, although I've heard it's like, hasn't aged too well in terms of like problematic stuff, but like, you know, it's, eight, it's like, what, 17 years old or something like that. I'm not, yeah. I'm not giving it the pass, but when I watch it again, I might be like, ugh. But in my mind, the very vivid memory of watching Dawn of the Dead for the first time in a movie theater where the opening scene happened and I was like, uh should we leave? <laughs> it's like too scary. <laughs> it's like too cool. scary for me. I can't do it. Yeah. Uh the opening scene uh, was basically the the entire trailer, but it still scared me in the theater. Anyway, cool. sorry. Let's <laughs> let, let's rake them. These yeah. three movies, what order are you putting them in? Uh, would, Army of the Dead, uh, Oxygen, and of course, Saint Maud.
1: I would do yeah, Oxygen, Army, and then Saint Maud.
0: Interesting. Interesting. I'm going Saint Maud, Oxygen, and then Army of the Dead. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so 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 we both we both uh, sort of so our aggregate our aggregate score would be oxygen was the best movie we watched in this genre catch up.
1: Yeah, that sounds about right. And it was it was just because I mean it's probably the most solid movie in this all of this.
0: Yeah. To the next one. Hopefully the next genre catch up brings uh, us some some real bangers. But uh, you know mm. every once in a while we'll drop one of these episodes into the feed because we like talking about new movies. It doesn't always have to be such a structured. Uh, Game that we play Right
1: And uh, I think it also Keeps things going I have a a few friends Who listen to episodes Only the movies That they've heard of And so I think This makes it easier Right
0: It is tough because we talk about movies sometimes, and it's like, well, if someone hasn't seen the movie, then we're kind of, like, spoiling it and stuff like that. But the hope is that, like, maybe you're interested in our creature feature thing, and we we do The Mist, and you're like, oh, I haven't seen The Mist. Let me watch it, and then I'll listen to their episode. But, uh, you know, it's not up to me to tell all you people on Google Podcasts how to listen to your shows. Uh, Adam, uh, before we get out of here, do you have anything that you would like to plug?
1: Um, I've been falling behind on Projector Fuel I've just kind of been uh, watching a bunch of movies Mostly podcast movies recently So we'll see Maybe I'll jump back onto the, the wagon here Because there's a lot of movies that I want to get back to That I haven't seen Like uh, The House that Jack Built Hopefully very uh, soon
0: Oh, interesting a little, a little Lars von Trier action for y'all out there Yeah, don't um, cancel me <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have a funny aside, real quick. I, I I'm booking a uh, Verhoeven month for the 10 p.m. screenings, Fridays and Saturday nights at the theater in July, right. because his new movie Benedetta comes out in, at Cannes, of course, in July. And I am terrified that that movie is going to come out, and we're going to have a, a, already announced the series, and then he's going to get canceled. It'd be like, it'd be like, I mean, it, uh, uh, you know, Woody Allen, the shit's been on public record for forty years, but yeah. it'd be like if you booked like a Kevin Spacey. Month and then Kevin Spacey got canceled. And you're like, well, we're fuck. I booked The Usual Suspects. We're gonna play it, you know. Um, but this is a this is a concerted effort to. I know he's about to drop a controversial movie, so I just hope it's not cancelable. You know what I mean? Right. Otherwise, I'm just stuck playing like, uh, come see Starship Troopers. Who directed it? I I don't. You know that, that's not important. Right. I
1: I think that's still. <laughs> That's tough because he is always delving into that side of things, right? Even L right. felt like I don't know if he should have really been making that movie, although I liked it a
0: lot. Yeah, I mean, he's always controversial. Like so so you know, your, your RoboCop is extremely violent. Your uh, Starship Trooper people were like, "This is a fascist movie. It's like you don't understand satire." Um Showgirls is one of the worst movies of all time, uh, purposely <laughs> or not. We don't know. Uh, basic instinct, obviously very controversial anyways. Well, this is not a Verhoeven podcast. Uh, follow me on letterboxd at captain dills, where I keep a list of all the movies we talk about in the podcast, uh, in their own genres. And I rank them personal at Trevor dills on Instagram and Twitter. And always follow us at ghost party picks on all other socials. Um, yeah. So this was a, this was just a real, real atypical. it's a, it's a tip. It's a typical podcast. Um, as that was my, as an Italian guy. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was an atypical podcast for us. Uh, like I said, every once in a while we'll do one of these. But uh, next week we'll be back, like I mentioned, with Katie and Haley from Time Warp Radio and, of course, Ian from Ghost Party. We'll be talking a little bit of a little shop of horrors.
1: Yeah, I can't wait. Oh, wait. To, to finish doing some cleanup here, um, you had two movies that you consolidated into one. So that means we do have a new spot, right?
0: Yes, we do. And I, I, I have a, a fun guest coming on with a very, very fun movie.
1: Okay. Well, there it is.
0: So we'll tease that out. And, uh, yeah, so what I'm saying basically with Katie and Haley and Ian and, that, like, a party episode next week is coming. We're going to have more fun than this episode was. But sometimes movies, talking about them, they don't need to be fun. We don't need to rag on each other all the time.
1: Yeah. I think uh, I would love to get some feedback, by the way. Um, so anyone out there, you probably know us personally. If you're listening to this episode, let us know what you thought. And please, if you didn't like it, tell us. We promise not to cry.
0: Yeah, and if you really, really didn't like it, leave us a review on iTunes. Go on iTunes. And uh, we have a couple backlog for some episodes, but they're running low, folks. So please leave us a review on iTunes uh, and give us five stars and roast us in the review, and we'll read it at the very, very top of the show. Uh, Thank you all for listening to Ghost Party Radio, uh, the the inaugural genre catch-up episode. Adam, we have officially.
1: Cat supped. Bye.
0: Bye.